This is a Stand Up Labs production, powered by digital media. And on this episode of the podcast, we're talking about Harambe, the sweet silverback gorilla and the whole tragedy that took place at the Cincinnati Zoo. Plus, at the end of the episode, Joey, we've got a 2016 update, and I'm going to give some serious advice to the Samsonites about Donald Trump and this election. Stick around. Tori Sampson podcast. Terrible start. Welcome to the show. Hi. I liked it. You liked it? I liked it. My name is Christopher Patrick Flannery. I'm joined, as always, by Joseph Anthony Noe III. Good beginning. You liked it? Yes. I don't know. I, I wanted to try a little something different. We got a little bit of an audience here. I'm showing off. Uh, you know, I tried something. Well, let's get into the topics. Show off well, uh, like a yeah, champ. Whoa, Joey, we got to, you know, you got to dip your Easy. toe in a little bit. We got Evan producing the program. How's it going, Evan? You all right? What up? There you go. We also got Johnny and Hannah in the room. It's nice. We got a bunch of people here, Joey. Thank you, guys. Summer internship season is upon us. Oh, nice. It's exciting. Welcome to the show, everyone. Got a nice one lined up, I think, today. Do you want to know what we're going to get into? Yes. Harambe. Harambe. Yes, that's right. It's the first time you said it correctly today, okay. and I'm proud of you. It's a gorilla that got murdered, and we're going to talk about that whole situation. It's captured the nation's attention, and I think we need to get into it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also going to get into Eric Holder's Edward Snowden comments. Hmm. Yeah, hmm, indeed. By the way, Edward Snowden was on Vice uh, this past weekend. He was interviewed by Shane Smith. Very good interview. Very eye-opening. As always, everything from Edward Snowden is usually of, uh, you know, pretty big importance check out that interview if you get a chance it was very good uh we're also going to give an update on the khalid sheikh Mohammed trial that we talked about a couple of weeks ago yeah that's that's interesting yeah where there might have been some evidence tampering yeah it's super exciting we're also going to talk about abortion i don't know what you want me to say all right and marijuana plus we're going to give a 2016 update oh and then also we're going to play another round of emails from a hat at the end of the podcast. I thought, oh, nothing? I thought you were going to give Actually, me something full, on that. Fully packed. It's it's packed. Yes, we do. We have, a, we have a jam-packed episode. To that end, we're going to start the show, actually, with an email suggesting an improvement to emails from a hat, which we are definitely going to adopt. Okay. okay? So let's read that email, and then we're going to get into the topics, and we'll close the show with emails from a hat. By the way... We were talking a little bit before we started recording. The 2016 update is going to be a little bit about Trump. Mm. And Joey's like, I feel a rant coming on. And I was <laughs> like, yeah, there might be a little one coming at the end of the episode. But you stick around for that. We'll, we'll see where it goes. I don't plan these things out, but sometimes the, you you know, get the spirit moves me. We got an email from Chase. He says, hey, Chris and Joey, love the latest podcast and the implementation of the recent emails from a hat bit. It's not a bit. Okay, it's an integral part of that. But I'm anticipating a possible issue. That issue being randomness and how to make sure older emails still get chosen. As weeks go by and emails pile up, it is likely that some may not be chosen or at least not in a timely fashion, Hmm. which is true. So I read this and I was like, 
Interesting point. What else you got? So as I understand it now, every email that comes in gets a designated number. And if that number is chosen, then the email is read. To promote fairness and to make sure older emails aren't forgotten, you could add a duplicate number into the hat for each email that doesn't get chosen that week. Ah, interesting. By the way, Evan, did you wear a hat today? Always. Okay. Where, where, we where is have, the hat? <laughs> no, it's all right. I, I see it. He's, oh, he's okay. good. I believe him. We only have two emails this week, so this is not going to come into play this week. But Chase is absolutely right. This is going to be an issue. Uh, he says, for example, this past week, there were three emails given numbers one, two, and three. Number one was drawn from the hat, and that number can just be recycled for next week or even this email. Ha. Huh. Wow, you're very, very helpful guy. So say next week you get another three emails, bring your total up to five to help with the older ones, but still keep the same concept. You can have that hat contain one number one, two twos, two threes, one four, and one five. Then add a number, uh, add another as each week goes by. I apologize if this seems overly complicated, but I just want to keep the Samsonites and the nobodies happy. Cheers, and I hope you all enjoyed this past Memorial Day. Chase, Chase, we love you. Thank you, sir. We appreciate yeah, thank it. Thank you for writing in, and I think we're going to adopt it. We are adopting that. That's the right move because, yeah, we can wait the older uh, emails, which is fairer because obviously, you know, they're more relevant to the most recent episode. So great call by Chase, and I really appreciate it. Joey, mm-hmm. we're going to get into this Harambe situation. What do you know? Because let me tell you this. Yes. I'm busy around here. we got a lot of things going on. I catch up pretty much on Wednesday night. I see stories. Obviously, I'm paying attention. People are talking about different things. I bookmark stories. I save them. Wednesday night, I go through the whole deal. I make up the show rundown. I plan out what we're going to talk about. I share it with Joey. Blah, blah, blah. Here we are today. What do you know about Harambe? I know little drips and drabs. Obviously, I know more today than I did at the beginning of the week. But what oh, okay. do you what do you know about this? Joe? What I know is a very young child, maybe around the age of four, three or four, sure, decides to, to climb a concrete barrier. Well, get, okay, good. Do you say good? Because we're going to break this whole thing down, yeah. Joe. Because I've been annoyed a little bit about the misinformation. Should they have killed the gorilla? Should they have tranquilized it? Should the parents go to jail? Is this zoo terrible? Should zoos even exist? We're going to get into the whole well, thing. Well, well, you asked me to give me... No, I know. I, I'm just okay. saying. Go ahead. So, thank you. So, we have the child, four years old, somehow manages on his own to climb the concrete barrier. Mm-hmm. No one's watching the kid. Don't know how he does it. He does it. He falls 15 feet. Right. Falls 15 feet and does not die. Incredible. Well, yeah. I mean, 15 feet. It's like two people. It's two people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, he falls 15 feet and this massive 400... And 50-pound ape grabs him and drags him along. Just drags him along like he's a, like a ragdoll. Okay. Viciously. No. With the, with the eyes. Oh, okay. With the eyes. Well, listen. Here's what I'm going to say. I have video. We're uh-huh. going to watch the video. We're going to take a look at it together. You do know that this, this, a, this gorilla was, is able to crack a coconut with his hand. Yes, I'm aware of that. We're going to get into all of this. He I, has the strength of 10 human beings. That's like 10 ordered Schwarzeneggers. Okay. We're going to look. Here's what we're going to do. Okay. We're going to watch the video. Uh-huh. We're going to analyze the video. We're going to see if the gorilla was being vicious. Then I have some quotes here from different zoologists and different things like this. The police. I also have a picture of the barricade, which I don't think a lot of people have seen. Mm. Interesting. We're going to get into that. Let's look at the video. You ready to watch this thing? Yeah, let's watch the video. Have you even seen the video? I have seen the video. You've seen little clips on the TV. Yeah, you haven't a, really watched a, the full video. It's a lot of screaming. It is a lot of screaming, and somebody at the zoo should have come over there and be like, stop screaming. You're upsetting the gorilla. 
Yes. That's a factor. Yes. All right. This is Harambe and the kid. Well, obviously, we're, you know, if you're listening to audio, you're not going to be able to see the video. We'll talk it out and we're going to analyze this as we go. It's like two minutes. We're just going to get through it. Uh, you ready, Joey? Yep. All right. So, th- well, and actually, at the start here, this is a camera phone footage. The Harambe, the late gorilla, is sitting in the corner of his little enclosure here in a little, I don't know, pool or whatever. And the four year old is between his arms, essentially, right? You can't even see. Well, you'll the see the kid, kid in a second. Right I, I've watched the video. All right, here we go. Ah, right oh, it's too loud. There we go. All right, the gorilla's kind of like moving a little bit. He's not going crazy. He's just standing there, essentially over the kid. People are freaking out. Obviously, this kid just fell into the gorilla cage. The gorilla's not doing anything aggressive. And here's my point right off the bat. I'm mm-hmm. saying we're gonna get into it more. If this gorilla wanted to fucking kill that kid. Like it would have been dead already? Yeah, he would have bashed its head into the wall because, like you said, it's 10 Schwarzeneggers, this thing. Yes. I don't see why he would feel threatened by a four-year-old child, but let's play the video. Well, confusion causes anxiety, which causes aggression, potentially. Oh, okay. Mommy's right here. Not close enough, Mommy. It's too late for that. It is too... Okay. So now this is what I think alarms people, but he's he, playing with the kid. He's not playing with the kid. Think about it this way. You're, you're right to say that the thing is extremely strong. The gorilla. It's one of the most powerful, probably the most dangerous in terms of sh- pure strength animals in the kingdom. You know what I mean? It grabs the kid by the arm and kind of like pulls it through the water. Cause that's what it would do with one of its own kids. Mm-hmm. Right? Like yes. it's not being r- mean to the kid because then it stops and then he kind of stands the kid up and he's not trying to like punch the kid in the head but that it's a gorilla it doesn't know that you can't do that it's not the same as dragging one of your gorilla babies around it's not the same thing Evan you trying to say something over there yeah I was trying to figure out what side you were falling on I think I'm kind of getting a clue no you don't know yet you don't know I'm not on a side we're we're just going to talk about I'm just breaking down the video and then we're going to get into it so anyway now they stopped the kid's there the kid's fine do we even know the kid's name I don't I didn't look it up no okay still standing there nothing's happening the the gorilla's being gentle to the kid he's not even holding the kid at this point now he kind of like gently takes the kid by the arm still standing there now he stands the kid up gently, like by the ass, kind of like pushes the kid up, like, come on, champ, get up. Kind of like straightens him out a little bit. Okay, now he runs off, dragging the kid again. But it, but once again, the kid is not like, it doesn't seem like an immediate danger. This, this animal is not trying to kill him. And this is it, Joe. I mean, there's pretty, that's, we that's can pretty it. much stop the video because then it's all like behind trees and whatever. And then they end up killing poor Harambe. Uh... Does it seem like the gorilla's being super aggressive to this kid? No, it does not. Okay. I have a couple of quotes here. Oh, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's read the quotes, and then I'm going to show you the barricade. Because you're saying concrete barricade? Yeah, concrete barricade. Okay. Here's the quotes. This is Joseph Dieters, who's the Hamilton County prosecutor. He says, The incident at the Cincinnati Zoo involving the young child who fell into the gorilla enclosure is under investigation by the Cincinnati Police Department. Once their investigation is concluded, they will confer with our office on possible criminal charges. Hmm. about the zoo potentially then also tiffany hardy who's a cincinnati police department spokesperson she says we are investigating the family 
Depending on what we find, we'll make a determination if there will be charges filed, but I cannot say what those charges might be. Do you think, who in your mind, Joey, if charges are going to be brought against anyone, who should the charges be brought against? Before we look at any of the, the barricade or any of this stuff. I don't think the charges should be, should be pressed. In any circumstance. In any circumstance. This was a one-off. Well, okay. I certainly don't think that the family needs charges pressed against them. Their kid fell into a gorilla exhibit and could have easily been killed. It wasn't, but they've kind of gone, been through enough. And I don't think it's fair to say uh, it's negligent. I mean, a three-year-old or a four-year-old can very easily wander off. My mom always talks about a story. I was like three. We were in Kmart. And I was shopping with her or whatever, and I was like running. You know, like they have those displays where like the clothes are on a circular rack and you can mm-hmm. like run under the clothes. So I was doing that, and I'd pop out and pop back in, whatever. And then I didn't do it because I must have run off somewhere. She couldn't find me for like 10 minutes. Does that mean she's a terrible mom? No, it just means because I'm a kid, I ran over to the cook- cooking, you know, playset. I was making eggs or whatever. That's all. So it, it's seconds that a kid can run away and you can lose track of them. I think mm-hmm. the zoo is clearly responsible for this. Look at this picture of the fucking enclosure, which is crazy to me that this is not something that's been on, although I don't know, I haven't really been watching TV, but I haven't really seen the enclosure very readily available. This is the officially sanctioned, this is fine, this is going to protect people from this gorilla barricade that is apparently not being talked about too much. Look at this, Joey. This is the, this is the barricade. These bu- this row of bushes here uh-huh. and this little fence is it. That's the only thing separating anybody from the fucking enclosure of the gorilla. Here's my question for you. you, you well, let me describe it to the listeners. Yeah, okay, go ahead. It's maybe two feet tall, mm-hmm. maybe. Thin little chicken wire, like two rows of chicken wire, and like a bar that people can lean on, and then a bush. That's it. That's all that's keeping people from falling into this enclosure. That's what's okay? Okay. Question for you. No, no response to that. Yes, uh, this is my response to that. How long was that barricade like that? Do you know? Well, I don't. What do you? I don't understand what you mean. Do you know when this barricade was installed? Nineteen. I have no idea. Thirty-eight years ago. So for thirty-eight years, uh-huh. no child has climbed that barricade. I don't believe that. Okay. That just means that no child fell into the gorilla enclosure. Yes. But that's crap. I'm sure that kid, there's a picture. There's a kid hanging on the barricade right there. He could accidentally fall over the goddamn thing and fall into the gorilla barricade uh, enclosure. Just letting you know. I think, years. Let me tell you this. The zoo should have charges pressed against them. It doesn't necessarily mean that anything should happen, but I think the if this is compliant with like state rules or whatever the rules are, mm-hmm. uh, the rules need to be changed because clearly anybody that wants to get into the gorilla cage can. And a kid, a three-year-old, a four-year-old that doesn't understand the consequences of that can obviously walk over to that thing, climb it really quickly, trip his ass into the, the enclosure. And then, and then you end up with a dead gorilla. I want to know why they didn't try to use sign language. Well, okay. So, good. This is what we're going to get. <laughs> it's a stupid thing to say, but you're right. You want to uh, communicate uh, with, the, with the thing before you shoot it dead, don't you? Well, th- okay. We're going to get into it. You ready? So, I got it. Got a quote here from the Justice for Harambe petition, which has received 300,000 plus signatures, and it calls on child protection services and law enforcement to investigate the boy's mother for negligence, which I don't agree, but these are people that fucking love animals more than people. This beautiful gorilla, this beautiful gorilla Mm -hmm. lost his life because the boy's parents did not keep a closer watch on the child. Truth. 
It is believed that the situation was caused by parental negligence and the zoo is not responsible for the child's injuries and possible trauma. I don't agree with you. I don't agree with you. And let me say this tinge of racism. What? Because I saw it. God, Evan. Yeah, tinge of racism. Because I saw it on CNN or whatever. I saw some clips where people are talking about it. And they're like, where was the father? There's no dad there. Meanwhile, this mother's got three kids, four kids. She can't keep her eye on them. It's a little racist. And oh, wow. I doubt that this type of shit would be happening. Definitely people will be freaking out about the gorilla getting killed, for sure. But I don't think there'd be the same types of calls for like parental negligence and charges being brought against the family if it was like a nice white family. Guaranteed. That, that sounds like a loaded, loaded trouble there. Listen, buddy, I'm just calling it like a season. I just, uh, there's no way to know until a white kid falls into the gorilla enclosure, but I got to say... I don't see that happening again. Oh, it'll happen again, Joey. It'll happen again. Let me give a little background on this gorilla. Mm-hmm. You don't have any thoughts on this, like, potentially... I think that the call is saying that, like, the mom is negligent. Where's the dad? Like, it's racist a little bit. In that context, yes. Well, that's the only context. That's what people are saying. Like that, like what if you're upset, if you're the justice for Harambe thing, mm-hmm. why is putting the mom in jail or something justice for the gorilla? It's not. And they're absolving the zoo? Why? It's not, but you have to point your finger somewhere and they want to point it at the boy's mom. Yeah, because they're a little racist. Uh, gorillas shouldn't be captive or on display anymore, Joey, in my opinion. We're going to get into that in a second. Harambe was 17 years old, mm-hmm. endangered, 450 pounds, like you said. They can live up to be 35 to 50 years old, these gorillas. Wow. So this thing is older, but young still, in the yes. prime of life, this gorilla. Cut down. Uh, we have some conflicting statements about whether the gorilla should have been killed or not. Here are those statements. Ian Redman, who's a chairman of the UK conservation charity, The Gorilla Organization, he says... This should be the biggest question for every zoo after this incident. Do we have the right protocols in place? If the only protocol was to shoot and kill, then I think they were small-minded. The zoo hasn't talked about whether they tried to negotiate, Mm -hmm. like you're saying, talking to the animal calmly and offering him fruit because gorillas have a reasoning mind. Redmond said the gorilla was clearly agitated, but it appeared more of a mix of stress and curiosity than aggression, which, based on the video... I got to agree there. That thing did not seem like it was being aggressive. It seemed like it knew that something happened out of the ordinary mm-hmm. because everybody's freak. All the other stupid pink monkeys that watch them all day started acting differently. Now there's this baby in the, in the enclosure. It didn't act aggressively, but obviously it's like something's up. I, I know you can't put a price on a human life, but can you, Put a price on bananas. You think how many bananas? I do you think, think you it get a, a bundle of Chiquita bananas, probably four bucks, something like this. Yeah. Uh, was a lethal shot the only option? No, I don't think so. Were other options tried? You could have offered the gorilla more fruit than he could have uh, ever normally imagined in one sitting, and then the boy would have become less interesting to him. It seemed like no one was prepared to go into the enclosure. Which got to agree with them on that. Where the fuck are the people that deal with uh, Harambe on a day-to-day basis? 17 years, this thing has been there. I'm sure he has some kind of relationship with one of the zookeepers. You don't send one of those dummies in there and be like, Harambe, leave the baby. Like, you, really? You don't go in there and try to negotiate with him? All right, just one thing to clarify. He's, he hasn't been there for 17 years. How long has he been there? I believe it's a little bit over a year. Okay, so somebody's got a relationship with him. Now, listen, go ahead, Evan. You were going to say something? I actually give kudos to the zoo director who ordered the shot, I think, for his ability to like recognize that it's an animal and not a human. I think that takes guts. 
Okay. I mean, I hear that. And listen to this. And so now we got Amanda O'Donoghue, who's a former Knoxville zookeeper. And this is the last quote I have. And then we can kind of wrap it up. Mm-hmm. Just, I just wanted to, you know, you hear a lot of shit. It's like, let's give some facts out there. The, the most damning thing to me is the barricade. The fence is absurd that that's what they think is going to keep people out. But okay. Amanda O'Donoghue says, I keep hearing on the news and on social media that the gorilla appeared to be trying to protect the boy from the yelling onlookers. I do not think this was the case. Harabe reaches for the boy's hands and arms, but only to position the child better for his own displaying purposes. Okay, interesting. Males perform very elaborate displays when highly agitated, slamming and dragging things about as Harambe did with the young child. He didn't slam the child about. That's not true. He, he ran a little bit and took the kid with him. So, okay, a little off there, but I understand. It is clear to me from Harambe's body language that he was reacting to the screams from the gathering crowd and possibly from the child himself. They corroborate those two things. Together, mm-hmm. Okay. Tranquilizers may sound like a great option, but they weren't used likely for a few different reasons. First, it would have taken too long to immobilize Harambe with tranquilizers. And in the intervening time, he could have seriously injured or killed the child. Right. I mean, that's the understandable rationale that the zoo put out there. Obviously, um, I don't necessarily agree with that, but you know, it, it is what it is. My question is, would hum how did you say that? Harambe. Harambe. Mm-hmm. Would he associate him getting shot with the kid being there? Yes, and that's obviously a possibility, right? I mean, the, uh, you because shoot he him. might not. N- yeah, but he might. Again, the thing was aware. The the gorilla was aware that something out of the normal was happening. So if he suddenly gets shot in the ass with a fucking tranquilizer dart, yeah, he might be like this thing in front of me is the problem and try to kill it. So I get that. Second, it's possible that Harambe could have drowned in the moat if immobilized in the water, Ooh. which meant that he could have trapped the boy beneath him and drowned him as well. It's a lot, a lot going on here. I think the zoo is responsible. Most the mother is not, I mean, it is what it is. Like children can run away. Uh, did they have to kill the gorilla? No, I don't think so. I think there were other options. Do I understand why they shot him for sure? Yeah, I, I totally get it. They would have had a way bigger problem on their hands. If this thing snapped the kid's neck and then like, why didn't you just shoot the gorilla? Like, it's damned if you do damned if you don't. It's just the way that it worked out. The bigger question to me is, uh-huh. why are we even doing this? Why, why do we have gorillas on display? Because it's people bad want to for, see them. I don't care. Go to Africa. Go, go find them then. Jane Goodall, go get out there. I don't think we need to have these like endangered animal. I, I, I just don't think we need them on display. It is what it is. The same kind of idea with SeaWorld. We don't need it. This is not his natural habitat. So it's a weird life for the gorilla to begin with. You want to see a gorilla, go on YouTube or get on a goddamn safari. I disagree. People you disagree? Want to see, people want to see the animals. I understand that. So what? And they go to the zoos to see the animals. Yeah, I understand why and zoos exist. And there's jobs involved. It. And oh, yeah, I know. It yeah. plays an important what are, what are you, part. What are you, a zoo lobbyist? What's going on here? Uh, God, Evan. Well, Joey's saying people want to see the zoos kind of brings in the question, like why the barricade wasn't like fixed. You know, there's, there's always this issue of, you know, people's experience, entertainment versus safety. Like baseball's going through the same thing, yes. like putting up the nets for yep. foul balls. They've been reluctant to do it. But I think it's more interesting that like with animals, there's always this presumed idea that they're innocent, cuddly, and then we start to, you know, project human qualities on them. Yeah. Well, if that's true, like you said, they're in prisons, essentially. <laughs> No doubt about it. Right. You can't have it both ways. Exactly. I totally understand what you're saying. And I think your point about the barricade and like the people want to go to the zoo and see the animals. Yeah. The barricade's probably not sufficient because they want dummies to be able to lean over and get a better look and get mm-hmm. the camera shot, you know, get the picture and all that stuff. 
Um, you're right. If they're not humans, but they are things that we've studied forever and we understand their behavior. So theoretically, this should have been a predictable thing. When the kid falls in, everybody that works at that zoo should have been like, well, this is probably what he's going to do. This is what we'll need to do if that happened. They didn't do that. Uh, and it just turned into a bad situation. Yes, you feel bad for the gorilla, of course. It is innocent in the sense that it's just there. You know, mm-hmm. it's in this prison essentially so people can come and watch it and by the way when the aliens come i guarantee you we're in a prison too we're gonna be in some kind of zoo now the other thing wait i wasn't done that was just a little aside bigger picture (laughs) uh you know look they saved the life of a child Mm -hmm. i get that i understand that being the main priority and they'd rather deal with the fallout from the people that are upset about the gorilla killing than deal with you know uh, we let we let a kid die let alone a black child that fell into the kid you know it's like forget it It, you don't need that that type of mess on your hands so you kill the gorilla and you move on but it's probably something that was preventable before it even started you know yes but also this wasn't the first time this happened either back in 1996 Uh uh-huh a child fell. I thought you into, said it was like 38 years ago or something. No, no, no. What? This is a different incident oh. in Chicago. Okay. Okay. Chicago. Child falls Obama. in. A female <laughs> gorilla saves the kid. How dare you? What? In that case, it was a female gorilla, and the gorilla saved the kid. So she ended up protecting the kid back in 96. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I don't think that this gorilla was trying to kill that kid. He definitely could have. It was 10 minutes the kid was in there. Somebody did. Yeah. Okay. Well, whatever. We already talked about it, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, there you go. That's relevant to the whole situation. I don't know. I get it. I get why they killed the gorilla. They probably didn't have to, but it is what it is. The shocking thing is that the gorilla didn't fall on the kid. Yeah. Cause he, what, what, what do you mean? What is he? Well, when, no. Or? When he shot, uh-huh. he loses control of his body. He falls forward. He smashes yeah, the kid. That's a good point, Joey, that you bring up. Right. That's cause that kind of goes against the whole idea of the tranquilizer thing. It's like, you'll, yeah, you shot him anyway. So he could have felt fallen on the kid. Yes. Yeah, so what the, yeah, you're right. Okay, good that, point. Th- that's 450 pounds on a four-year-old child. He's yeah, dead. no matter what, right? Even if he's sleeping or if he's dead, right, he's still going to fall on the kid. You're right. They they, they shot him anyway. Too. Well, I guess you fall backwards. If you, I don't know, whatever. It doesn't matter. Okay, that's Harambe. Rest in peace, sweet friend. Uh, you know, hopefully this doesn't happen again. How do you get justice? Um... Maybe you go through the Justice Department, mm-hmm. which is a great transition into this conversation we're about to have about former Attorney General Eric Holder mm-hmm. on Edward Snowden. You ready to get into this, Joey? Yes. Speaking on former Obama campaign strategist David Axelrod's podcast, The Axe Files. By the way, that's a fantastic name. I disagree with you. Former U.S. Attorney General Eric Holder addressed NSA whistleblower Edward Snowden. I got the Eric Holder quotes here. Mm-hmm. Look, fans of this podcast or listeners regularly know that we talk about Edward Snowden all the time. A hero, not a traitor. And I dislike what Eric Holder had to say here on a couple of different levels, but let me read the quote and then we'll get into it. He says, we can certainly argue about the way in which Snowden did what he did, but I think that he actually performed a public service by raising the debate that we engaged in and by the changes that we made. Sounds good on face value. You didn't really make any changes. So that's like a bullshit kind of propaganda thing. And if you Mm -hmm. watch the Vice uh interview with stone from this past weekend it's gotten worse like nothing's really happened because of it people are aware of it but no structural changes really have been made to the end i mean that's no, insane and it's a crazy thing for holder to even ordain to take credit for something like that now i would say that doing what he did and the way he did it was inappropriate and illegal 
Oh, so he performed a public service. But it's you guys legal. did. You changed the way you were doing business, supposedly, because of what he did. But you still think it was illegal and he did it wrong. Oh, OK, I know there are ways in which certain of our agents were put in and this. And now this is where it really pisses me off, because this is all bald face lies. It's not the case. This because if it was the case, he'd be able to point to specifics of what he's about to say. Mm-hmm. But let's see what he has to say. I know there were ways in which certain of our agents were put at risk. Relationships with other countries were harmed. Our ability to keep the American people safe was compromised. There were all kinds of redos that had to be put in place as a result of what he did. And while those things were being done, we were blind in certain really critical areas. So what he did was not without consequence. Really, name one consequence. He's not going to name them. Right, these vagaries. And then you also go and look at, at all of the data. They're not stopping terror attacks we're spying on ourselves and our allies essentially with all these programs we're not stopping any terrorism by this there's no documented proof that any of that happens but yes in certain really critical areas (laughs) snowden fucked get out of here i think in deciding what an appropriate sentence should be i think a judge could take into account the usefulness of having had that national debate Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah, okay. It, it, it it's saves so you one year, right? It saves you one year on that one. Yeah, if that. The national debate was had, no reforms were made. And I think people just kind of tend to forget about this stuff, but that's why we talk about it all the time. Everything Stone put out is extremely valuable, still relevant, getting worse. And it's people like Eric Holder. And this is, again, a frustration with the Obama administration and why I didn't vote for him the second time, why I wouldn't support Hillary. They're not really different than what's going on on the right. They're just willing to pay lip service to the idea that they're making a change when they're not actually making a change. They're, they're still using the mass surveillance apparatus to domestically spy on people, track your information. It's not actually keeping us safe. It's harming us in a lot of ways, the chilling effect of journalism and all this stuff. It's very frustrating. And I hate the fact that he goes on his buddy's podcast to talk about it, a very uncritical interview. You know what I mean? It's a, mm-hmm. it's a puff piece to talk about, oh, we got Obama elected. It's great. I did this and I did that. But in reality, you really just perpetuated a system that is not working for the vast majority of American citizens. So why even bother having Eric Holder say it was a public service? Well, because I think on a certain level, he has to admit that. You can't... The longer this goes, the farther we get away from these um, leaks. Mm-hmm hopefully more and more people are going to recognize that it was a a public service and that it's very important that this information is out there. And to that point, Snowden tweeted in response to this 2013, it's treason 2014, maybe not, but it was reckless 2015. Still technically it was unlawful 2016. It was a public service, but, and then he put 2017 and left it blank Mm -hmm. because as time goes on, they're softening their tune because it's so obvious that it was a public service. This guy was not doing it to further his own cause or, you know, make it a cause celebrity or any of this stuff. I think they're just softening him, softening him up for him to think he'd be safe by coming back. And yeah, then they're he, gonna get him. He's no dummy, though. Snowden's not coming back until it's... You can come back and you have immunity. He's not going to come back that way. He won't come back until he has it in writing. Well, yeah, or whatever. Whatever the official, pro, you know, no. thing is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean annoying but i keep my eye on snowden related stuff because i think it's important to stay on top of it and not that, he, that that i need to defend the guy but i like you know reiterating the fact that he did a good thing he's a patriot and we should have him here rather than have him ostracized in russia as some kind of you know traitor but he's going to spend the next three years there at least excuse me i was drinking my 
cherry pomegranate polar seltzer. It's very, very nice on a warm day in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he got three years, his extended uh, asylum in Russia. So that's what you're referring to. But he doesn't have to stay for the full three years. If tomorrow Obama pardoned him, he'd be like, I'm out. I'm Maybe coming home. Yeah, he'd come up. Come on home. Edward Snowden. <laughs> uh, you ready to get into this Khalid Sheikh Mohammed thing? Mm -hmm. So we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, I guess, or maybe even last week, about the possibility that evidence in the Khalid Sheikh Mohammed tribunal military trial had been tampered with. There's an allegation by the defense. We didn't know what exactly happened. We still don't know to a T what happened, but we have a little bit of an expanded uh, amount of information about it, and I want to get into that now. Army Colonel James Pohl, who is the judge presiding over Khalid Sheikh Mohammed's military tribunal, allegedly, according to a May 10th defense filing, in excuse me, in concert with the prosecution, manipulated secret proceedings and the use of secret orders. Uh-oh. Yeah, not great. Essentially, what that means is Pohl, in secret, told the prosecutors it was okay. And again, the prosecutors are on his team, right? Is that He's a United States military person. Mm -hmm. The prosecution is United States prosecutors in the military tribunal. The defense lawyers are people that are defending the alleged terrorist Khalid Sheikh Mohammed. So the judge and the prosecutors are, are you know, playing for the same team. They're playing for the same team, right? Essentially, Paul in secret told the prosecutors it was okay to destroy evidence relevant to Khalid Sheikh Mohammed's defense, then told the defense much later that he issued a destruction order. But before that, he told them, no, don't worry about it. We're going to save that, that evidence. It'll be used for you later. Told them that, and then later told the prosecution, like, no, go ahead. It was a sacrifice bunt. What the fuck does that mean? What do you mean? It's uh, they're just playing on the same team. Is all I'm trying to say. Okay, that. well there you go. You should have just said that. Uh, the filing continues. Whatever legitimate national security interests might purportedly justify the near star chamber proceedings that have riven this case, there can be no articulable excuse for so clearly misleading Mr. Muhammad's counsel and preventing them from seeking remedies to prevent the destruction of crucial evidence. A star chamber, incidentally, is a secretive, sometimes arbitrary English court system from the circa 1600s. That's what he's referring to. So he's saying like this secretive, arbitrary decision-making in this court is absurd and there's no excuse that this should have happened, which I got to agree with you. And then I also have a quote from Karen Greenberg, who's a Fordham University Law School uh, Center on National Security person. That's mm -hmm. where she works. She says, this may well be the straw that breaks the camel's back in underscoring the unviability of the military commissions. Remember, a main reason they couldn't have this trial in federal court was that it would have been such a circus, and now you have a full-blown circus with judicial and every other kind of misstepping, which we talked about last week. I said, why do we even... I don't even understand why we have military tribunals to begin with. We're not grown up enough that we can have a real civil trial or a federal case. Like, wh why can't we do that? Because you have to use a system in place... And that's the system it's a sec in place. This is a secondary system. You don't have to. We don't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. We made all of this up. Okay. All of the rule, the speed limits, roads, phones, math. We made it all up. It's just stuff that we created. Words. They're arbitrary. Gorilla cages. It's all nonsense. Military tribunals. We just decided one day, well, the military, they need their own. No, they don't. <laughs> they do not. We can choose to change that stuff, and this underscores that because there's it's way more secretive than even a, a federal court case or a civil court case, certainly, and it, it creates a situation now where you probably shouldn't proceed with this trial. I mean, this 
to me, is grounds for a mistrial. Mm -hmm. But then you're stuck with a guy, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, who's supposedly the architect of 9-11, and he's untriable. You can't put him on trial, but what are you going to do? You're not going to let the guy go and be like, whoops. Well, two things. One, what was the evidence that was destroyed? And two, what's going to happen well, to the judge? That we don't know yet. That we don't know yet. Because the fact that the judge okayed that is unbelievable. Well, apparently you, ha you are allowed to tell people that they can destroy evidence, which seems weird. There's a destruction of evidence order. But yeah. the, the, pr the real problem is not, which is bizarre, is not that the evidence was destroyed. It's that he, you're defending Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, and on Thursday, I'm like, don't worry about it. That evidence you wanted, where it's safe. And then Friday, I go to Evan, who's the prosecutor, and I go, fucking get rid of that evidence. And then a month later, I come back to you, and I'm like, oh, yeah, we destroyed that. You, you don't have that anymore. <laughs> that's what happened, and that's, a, that's insane that that could possibly happen. Well, the fact is, too, is I don't think the defensive team even knew what was there, which makes it even worse. They, they did, I think, uh, until the, uh, that actual information comes out. I don't know. I can't speak to it more than that, but they, did, they had an idea, generally, of what that information was, and they wanted access to it. They didn't get access to it, and then the evidence was destroyed, but it was part of their kit. They, they had that built in. They knew that mm -hmm. that was going to be something they were going to use to defend the guy. Not that I give a shit necessarily that Khalid Sheikh Mohammed gets a fair shake, but I do because that's the only way that we can really justify anything is the rule of law. That's where we take the moral high ground from. Let's do that. Let, let's actually show that our way and our government and our justice system works correctly as a contrast to, um, you know, terrorism and, and kind of this, religious fundamentalism that 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 flies in the face of western society but this this reinforces their point yes also the other thing is uh a court case from 1932 comes to mind oh, have you the, ever heard oh of, did it when you read yes. this you were just like you know this reminds me of uh plessy versus ferguson Go no it's actually powell versus uh alabama okay in all in to argue failing to provide the defense access to the evidence right. would be, quote, would be short of judicial murder, unquote. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Well, of course. If there's evidence as a defense, the burden is on them in this, in this circumstance in this, yes. to prove somehow that this guy didn't have to do with 9-11 or wasn't as involved. Like, it's impossible, essentially, their, their case. So if they have any shred of evidence that that can be used in his defense they need that evidence right and mm -hmm. if it gets destroyed they're done there's no way to defend this guy at all and because everybody already believes penalty. that he's well yeah i mean and that's a whole nother story but yeah they're this guy's gonna get put to death likely right um it'd be nice if we had proof that he actually did it but it doesn't seem like we do thank you judge yeah well thanks bush administration again it's a whole fucking mess of these this disaster government put into place um, all right, here's what we're going to do, Joey. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about this abortion thing that I wanted to get into. I got some stats. I'm being vague, but I'll get into it in a second. Take a quick break. We're going to hear a promo, probably one of me talking about our Instagram page oh, at wow. Stand Up NY Labs. You should go check it out. And then we're going to get into uh, something about marijuana that I find irritating. And then we'll close up with the 2016 update and the emails from a hat. Nice. Sound good? Sounds great. All right. A couple of weeks ago, Oklahoma. Definitely in the running for worst state. Worse than Florida? It's in the running. Okay. Passed a bill essentially banning abortion. 
Performing an abortion there would carry a three-year prison sentence if government Mary Fallon signs it into law. Oh, by the way, mm-hmm. Trump is considering this wacky dum-dum as a, a possible VP candidate. This Mary Fallon, hmm. the anti-abortion woman in Oklahoma that thinks an abortion is punishable by three years in prison, losing your medical license. That's that's terrific. That That's what we're dealing with. Seems a bit much. It's, of course, excessive. The exception is to save a woman's life. You're yes. allowed to perform an abortion. Okay. Oklahoma has two licensed abortion clinics. So it's not like Oklahoma's overflowing with like Planned Parenthoods and places to go. They have two. Mm-hmm. And now if you go to one of those and a doctor actually performs an abortion on you, he you're, he's going you're to jail. fucked and he's going to jail for three years and probably losing his medical license. The reason I bring this up, obviously, is because it's relevant to Trump and what's potentially going on. It's bad news for anybody in Oklahoma, but I want to continue with some other stuff here. 38 states, Joey, have passed more than 300 new abortion restrictions since 2010. Hmm. All right, they're just not willing to let this go. It's Roe versus Wade, Supreme Court case, abortion's legal. You can have an abortion. These people do not want to let it go. And fine, but understand that there's huge repercussions to all this stuff. A report released in November projected that 100,000 to 240,000 women in childbearing age in Texas have tried to induce their own abortions. That's insane if that's just Texas alone, which it, it is. It is just Texas alone. That's horrible, right? It's like the people are going to do it anyway. That's the whole idea. But it's this whole Nancy Reagan just say no idea. Nope, no abortions. Yeah, that's going to stop people from having abortions. You're right. No alcohol. You could prohibition can't have it. Okay, we're just going to make moonshine and we're going to sell it underground. Weed. Nobody smokes weed. It's illegal. Oh, okay. They do. People are going to find a way to do the thing they want to do. Yes. You're just making it more dangerous and more difficult for them to do it. But they're going to goddamn do it. Mm-hmm. In March, a report analyzing Google searches found that in 2015, 160,000 searches for abortion-inducing drugs and tens of thousands of searches for home remedies. All right, so again, people are trying to find these like weird abortion-inducing drugs Mm -hmm. and using home remedies to try to abort a pregnancy when all they really need to do is go to a Planned Parenthood. But there's no access to that in these states where people just think that no, you say no and you don't do it. Like and it's ab- illegal. Like abstinence-only education. It's weird that a lot of the states that practice abstinence-only education or try to teach kids that also have a huge problem with abortion. Weird. Yeah, they go hand in hand. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, because it just doesn't make sense. Kids are going to fuck. Get them condoms. Don't tell them no. It's a natural thing to have sex and want to have sex. That's what people are doing. It's dumb. You can't just say no, no abortions. People are going to do it anyway. I have some media matters charts in mm. the media folder that I want to take a look at. And we'll wrap up with this. But I just want to put this stuff out there because it's like, it's still happening. And it's well, alarming that it's still happening. It's, and it's and, happening and more. And it's a lot of states. Of course. Well, it's the dumb states. It's happening more and more. And let me say this. I don't support Hillary Clinton. You know that. We know I'm going to probably vote for Jill Stein. Not probably. I'm going to vote for Jill Stein. But apples to apples against Trump. Who do you think is going to be better on this issue? Trump or Hillary Clinton? Yeah, all right. Yeah, these are the conversations we have to be having. And you don't have to get upset about it because I don't really have a dog in the fight. I'm personally never going to have an abortion. And I'm not voting for Hillary, so I don't care. Little teaser of what we're going to get into in the 2016 update. Mm-hmm. You got to convince people not to vote for Trump. It's not convincing them to vote for anyone else, but just be like, it is reprehensible to vote for Trump. You're crazy, and you're kind of damning us to Armageddon by voting for this guy. 500 He's years of lay out the facts, But something like that, absolutely. These are some of the charts that I have, and it's interesting because it contributes, obviously, to the 
conversation about abortion and then we'll we'll take a little break. Who talks about abortion on evening cable news? The guests, hosts, and correspondents. On CNN, 5% of the people making appearances talking about abortion on cable news identified as pro-choice. Mm-hmm. 14% identified as anti-choice. Interesting. So CNN, which is supposed to be like the middle of the road one, mm-hmm. is actually featuring people who are anti-abortion more than they're featuring people who are pro or, you know, pro-life or whatever, mm-hmm. or pro, pro-choice. On Fox News, obviously, gigantic discrepancy. 70% of the people on there, anti-choice. 5% of the people are pro-choice. That's a big number. Big number. MSNBC flips, but not to the same degree. This is always the false uh, equivalency that people make where they go, Fox is the right and MSNBC is the left. Sure, they're more liberal on MSNBC, but the blatant bias is not to the same degree that it's taking place on Fox News. It's there, but it's not exactly the same. 49% of people represented on TV talking about abortion there are pro-choice, 6% as anti-choice or whatever. They, you know, they're pro-life, as they're called. And the, But the total number of people talking about this on cable news, 40% overall are, are against abortion, and 17% are, are pro, pro-choice. Choice. So the that's the thing. We talk about a, a media bias or whatever, and then people on the right complain about, oh, it's liberals drive the media. Really? Then why is the conversation about abortion on, on TV pro and uh, pro life? Why, why is it not f- pro abortion then, if that's the case? Interesting. It's weird when you look at the numbers, right? Probably because the, the one audience is playing to those strengths. Well, that's my, that's always my point. Mm-hmm. That's the point. That's the rub. It gets pe- like put out there as the media's liberal, these Hollywood liberals that are always skewing everything against the right. No, they're playing to their audience. And you know who their audience is? Center right people. People. Because that's what the basis of this country is. The liberals are the minority in this country. And we can pretend that they're, they're not, but they are. And that, and the, the facts, the numbers about this stuff bear Speaks that out. Volumes. Speaks volumes. Abortion-related misinformation on major news networks. 796 statements total for between January 1st, 2015 and March 6th, 2016 were misinformation about abortion. 288 statements were accurate information. So you're talking 800 to 300 wrong to correct information that you're seeing on TV. And obviously Fox is way out of whack. MSNBC, in fact, is the only one that has actually accurate information about abortion, but it's only 87 to 37. Well, this is insane because people are using that misinformation as real information. Well, yeah, that's how you get Donald Trump. That's what happens. That's what happens. Because you have a whole... And how you get Hillary to an extent. Because you have thousands of people doing things that they shouldn't be doing that are going to be harming not only themselves, but the baby as well. Yes, thinking that they're armed with the facts mm-hmm. and that they're right and they're on this moral crusade, but they're not. They're wrong. And because a lot of the people, I think, that watch Fox and people that are anti-abortion, um, it, there's a religious aspect tied up in that. So no matter what argument you give them, Jesus said no, you know, it's killing a lot. So it's hard to have that argument. And then, especially when you get the, quote, news people on Fox telling you you're right, even though you're not right, and filling your head with misinformation even more so than your faith-driven ideology, yeah, it, it makes the it makes it literally impossible to have a real conversation about the issue and try to get somewhere on it. This is the last little one I have, and then we'll take a quick break. Abortion-related misinformation on Fox News programs. So this is breaking it down even further. These are the mm-hmm. Fox shows that have the most misinformation. Special report with Brett Bayer, who's 
literally the news guy on Fox. He's not the opinion guy. He's made 110, same time period, January 1st to March 6th, 110 misleading statements about abortion, 37 accurate statements about it. Okay, He's been busy. And it's not just him, but it's like on yeah. that show. On the record with Greta Van Suster, and to her credit, she doesn't really talk about it, but when she does, it's uh, 10, 10 wrong statements, four correct statements. O'Reilly, 171 incorrect statements to 22 accurate ones. 139 inaccurate statements on, on Megyn Kelly's show, 59 accurate ones. And Sean Hannity, the total asshole of Fox News, <laughs> the worst one of all of them, 243 uh, incorrect statements to 29 accurate ones on, on the Hannity program. So he really must love babies? He loves self-righteousness. He loves oh, okay. when people listen to him and go, Hannity's on the ball. Hannity's got it. But Hannity's not on the ball. Hannity's so far from the ball, he can't even see the ball anymore. He's in the gorilla cage, so far away from the ball, he has no idea what's going on. And he's just talking about abortion as though he knows what he's talking about. And but he it turns doesn't. out he's just tricking the rubes, which has become... Sport during this 2016 election cycle. Anyway, any final thoughts on that, Joey? It's a shame. See, but... uh, See, that's a major issue in this country is all the misinformation. The fact that... Well, it it also kind of relates to if you hear something enough, it becomes truth. Absolutely. Well, and that that's the thing. It's the 24-hour news cycle, which is what you're talking about. But it's profit-driven news. That's the problem. The only reason they're putting out this information and skewing it more towards the viewing audience is because mm-hmm. they need that viewing audience. If the news is not something that's profit-driven, you don't have any motivation to be like, we have to get people that are anti-abortion to watch because they're the majority. You don't need to do that. You need to just put out what the information is and whoever watches, watches. watches. Um, because you're not trying to make a profit. But it's corporate news. And like you're saying, the more that that shit is out there, the more it becomes ingrained in reality, it, regardless of whether it is reality or not. Hmm. And that is a giant problem in this country. Hey, this is Joe List, and that's Mark Norman here. From Tuesdays with Stories, check out our podcast. Tell them why, Mark. You're going to love it. It's nothing but laughs, jokes, stories from the road, vagina, and that guy. Yeah, you're getting laid. We're being silly. Check it out. Find new and archived episodes of Tuesdays with Stories on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and tune in. Hey, guys, this is Chris, one of the producers here at Stand Up New York Labs, and I'm telling you to go check out our Instagram page, at Stand Up NY Labs. We're having a great time taking pictures of all the comics that come into the studio, recording podcasts, all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes. You're missing out if you're not following us. You can see pictures of Jared Freed, Mark Norman, Joe List, Kurt Metzger. Who doesn't need more pictures of Kurt Metzger in their life? Go check out our Instagram page, at StandUpNYLabs. You're going to love it. All right, Joe, are you ready to change gears now? Yes. I want to get into a couple of things about marijuana we've been talking about it a lot lately weed the devil's lettuce Mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it uh because a couple of studies came out that i find interesting and then at the end of this i got some information about who is fighting against marijuana legalization it's very frustrating it's gonna piss us off isn't it it should it certainly pisses me off yeah in a story public in a study published excuse me on wednesday by jama psychiatry j-a-m-a which followed 1,000 plus New Zealanders from birth to 38 years old. That's a long time. Okay, long time that they were in the study. Uh, they tracked their weed use from age 18 to 38. 
found that long-term users suffered poor gum health, but found no other physical health problems across a dozen different measures. That sounds like a fantastic trade-off. I would take that trade-off in every instance. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it, because you're going to get high and you're going to eat peanut butter anyway. You're not yeah. gonna, what, what, do you, what do you need your teeth for? It's not that big a deal. Uh, also, researchers from Washington University School of Medicine in St. Louis surveyed 216,852 teens, excuse me, from all 50 states, finding that adolescents with marijuana-related disorders dropped by 24% between 2002 and 2013, while overall teen use dropped 10% despite 12 states legalizing medical and decriminalizing marijuana in those states. So you're saying if they decriminalize it, people don't go, hey, this is illegal. Now it's legal. Let's try it. Well, what it's saying is that the more access to marijuana, it did not affect Mm -hmm. whether kids were going to get fucking stoned all the time and in fact the numbers dropped during that period so right it's an indicator of like if you actually relax the laws a little bit people are less apt to try because it's like eh, it takes the the taboo out of it yeah madeline meyer who's a psychology professor at arizona state said one thing that surprised me about the study is that we didn't see associations between cannabis use and poorer lung function (coughs) which is that's another great thing to read right Mm -hmm. uh Avshalom Caspi, who's a study co-author, great name, says, what we're seeing is that cannabis may be harmful in some respects, but possibly not in every way. We need to recognize that heavy recreational cannabis use does have some adverse consequences, but overall damage to physical health is not apparent in that study. So now we're seeing marijuana being legalized. Mm -hmm. You're not seeing a huge increase in traffic violations, adolescent use, um, psychiatric episodes, whatever it is. All the things that people are worried about, you're just not seeing it. You're not yeah, seeing the crime rate go up. All you're seeing is revenue go up. That's it. And maybe people be a little cooler to each other. Maybe Domino's is enjoying it. Meanwhile, roughly half the money raised to oppose legalization in California has come from police and prison guard groups. Oh, why would that be? Between 2002 and 2012, California police departments took in 181 and a half million dollars in marijuana related asset seizures. Oh. So they get a call, they go, This guy's growing weed over here. They go, they break down his door, they steal all his shit, they steal the weed, and they're getting rich off the fact that they're breaking down people's doors and and stopping them from selling a plant that literally hurts no one. Mm-hmm. Uh that's infuriating to me. First of all, you want to talk about like a disgusting situation there, like mm-hmm. where it's for profit. Prison guard groups. The people that are, are just supposedly watching the worst of society that have to be locked away because they're too dangerous, they're the ones that are opposing weed legalization? Yes. Why? Because they lose their fucking customer base. Tough shit. Yeah, those, those are jobs lost if marijuana becomes legal. Unnecessary jobs then. That's they got to go to prison. That. Exactly, right. If people aren't going to jail or people aren't getting arrested, they're losing money. The prison guards don't really need to be there in force the way they are. Uh, tough shit, though. It's the same way that we look at the uh, the coal industry, which, by the way, a little preview. We're going to play a Trump clip in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to save that industry. Why? It's a dying industry. Do we care about the VCR industry? No. Did anybody go, no, 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 no. We shouldn't. We shouldn't. No, no, no. We got to save VCRs. No, you got to go DVDs to DVDs. Fr- yeah. No, we do it in every regard. So guess what, prison guards? If we don't need 100,000 of you, we need 50,000 of you because marijuana is fine and people don't need to go to jail for it. Deal with it. 
That's that's how it works. Get a different industry. Not when you have lobbyists, Chris. Yeah, well, okay, I understand that, of course, and that's a huge problem with our government to begin with. Fuck that. We, we can't have people lobbying to put more people in jail, which is essentially what they're saying to do. That's insane. But that's the way it is. Not for long. Not for long, because they're going to legalize marijuana in California. Pot's going to be legal in 10 years across the country. Why not? There's too much money to be made. It's just stupid. It's the next cash crop. There's no reason not to do it. It's not harmful. It's better for you than tobacco, alcohol, any other drug you want to do. Come on. I don't see it happening. Well, I guarantee you within 10 years, marijuana will be legal in this country. It's already legal pretty much de facto in a lot of states already. Mm -hmm. It is legal in several states. Like, come on. And and what are the laws really doing anyway to stop? It's just making the process a little more difficult like we talked about before. Yes. Uh, you're going to get an abortion if you want an abortion. You're going to buy weed if you want to buy weed. It's not really stopping anybody from doing that. It is, however, preventing people that maybe legitimately need it for medicinal purposes, the troops like we're talking about, mm-hmm. the PTSD treatments. You're just holding that up, and you're keeping people in jail. That's going to stop, guaranteed. Yeah, but that's a lot of money from assets. There's a lot of money to be made selling marijuana-infused soda also. Just a different industries. Take all those prison guards and be like, go guard the pot shops. There you go. Perfect. Now help society. You, you don't have to lock. You, you don't, don't have, have to, to lock g- people away. You don't have to go at something that no one's going to attack. Go watch the White Widow. Don't let anybody touch the Sapphire Kush. We need to just keep it safe. Protect those people. Don't put them in jail anymore. All right. You want to get to this 2016 update? Yes. Gary Johnson, Joey, the Mm -hmm. Libertarian, officially became the presidential nominee for the Libertarians over the weekend. Yes. All right. They had their convention in Orlando, Florida. He beat out John McAfee, your guy. (laughs) Took two ballots to do it. It took two ballots, but he got it. Um, In order to qualify for debates, he'll need uh, 15% in five recognized polls. I have a question for you. Yeah, 15% average, excuse me, over five recognized polls. CNN. Reuters, different things like that. Right, Good question. If no one includes him in the poll, how does he reach any percent? What do you mean? They're not including him in polls. Major polls. They're including him in certain polls. Yes. But if the major polls don't include him. He's not going to reach any percent. You're right. But people yes. still know he exists. They can vote for him. He'll be on the ballot. But it's just the real key for him, because he was interviewed on Rogan's podcast, which I told you, I, you know, I suggested to watch it if you don't know anything about him. He was saying, he's like, if I can't get in the debate, it's meaningless. Like, I, mm-hmm. I can't make any kind of, like, clearly I'm not going to make any kind of impact on this whole thing. But if it's Hillary Trump and Gary Johnson all of a sudden, now people are paying attention to what he is. Like, who the fuck is this guy? And they'll hear, hear some of his ideas because, again, he's conservative fiscally mm-hmm. and very liberal uh, socially, he's for marijuana legalization. That pushes the debate way further left than it would be in certain regards. And, you know, it shows a clear uh, contrast between Trump and Hillary. I think it's important to have more people on stage. I wish Jill Stein would be there, too. She's not going to be. This is the guy that potentially could be up there, but we'll see. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they choose to exclude him, because it's really it's confusing for people to have three choices there. They're used to two. It's Republican and Democrat. What? Now there's like another there's kind another of party? Republican? I don't, I don't know what to do. I'm scared. And third parties aren't allowed in this country. You know, it's like it's a waste of your vote. So it's just, that'll just throw everything into a fucking tailspin. But he should be there. We need this thing thrown into a tailspin. You do know there might be a five-person race. Who five-person? Because apparently there was claims that there was going to be David Fincher or something. David Fincher, the director? No, no, no. I said his name wrong. 
The guy that directed Seven? No, no, no. G- give me a minute and I'll look it up. Hold on. <laughs> okay. Let me play. All right, you've looked that up. I'm going to play a clip of Donald Trump talking about some of his potential policy positions. We're not going to get into a ton of other shit about Trump, although I did want to bring up some of this Trump university stuff because I think it speaks to the fucking character of the guy and, and what he's mm-hmm. doing. Um, but let's just play this Trump clip. This is some potential things that he would do in his first hundred days in office. You tell me if these sound doable, good ideas, bad ideas. You tell me, Joey, okay? Yep, let's hear him. Donald Trump at the podium. As bad as President Obama is, Hillary Clinton will be worse. She'll escalate the war against the American worker. Yeah, the war against the... Whatever, let's just let him talk. Never before, and against American energy, and she'll unleash the EPA to control every aspect of our lives. Okay, I'll stop it there. She's going to unleash the EPA in the full power that they have and blah, blah, blah. Which is going to be amazing. It will. It's going to be incredible, yeah. Uh, We know just by paying attention during the primaries and by supporting Bernie that Hillary Clinton is on the side of the energy industry. She's not going to be on the side of the EPA. Certain environmental protections she'll be for. She'll pay lip service to Flint, Michigan. Mm-hmm. But that's after the fact. It's always after the fact with her. It's, never, it's like, let's find out what happened. Why weren't you paying attention before it happened? Because it didn't that's matter. That's the EPA, right, because it didn't matter because people weren't paying attention either, so she doesn't have to be on that side. That's crazy of Trump to say. It's not true that she is somehow the like EPA... Uh, superhero and that she's against the energy she's for fracking she pushed it as the secretary of state bernie's against fracking no i don't support it that's an answer she goes well we got to see about different regulations and under certain circumstances okay she's for it so trump and but this is the problem though people don't pay attention during the primary now you're in the general election they go well he's the republican she's the democrat democrats are tree huggers he's right he's not right they're both wrong every aspect of energy. Here is my 100-day action plan. We're going to rescind all the job-destroying Obama executive actions. Okay. (laughs) Fine. Not truly possible. Including the climate action plan and the waters of the United States rule. Okay? Remember that. Oh, good. And did you hear the audience go, Woo! Yeah! Don't do anything for the environment. Climate change is fake! Get him, Donald! Listen, it was invented by the Chinese. You know that. Oh, you're right. We're going to save the coal industry. We're going to save that coal industry. Believe. I don't like the way Donald Trump says industry. Industry. That's not how you say it. That's a weird way to say that. Somebody should make fun of him for saying it that way, the way he would make fun of somebody else. (laughs) Um, We talked about it before. You want to give him a nickname? No. No? The captain of industry? Sure, we'll call him the captain of industry. Uh... (laughs) You don't save the coal industry. You let it die. It's yeah. That's the end of it. I understand that there's plenty of people that work in the coal industry, and you need to train them to work in a different industry, potentially making solar panels or wind. You know, like, that. it's just over. We don't save it the same way you didn't save VCRs or the fucking 8-track or whatever. New technology comes out that's better, cost-effective, not a waste of time. You know, like, it, it, there's not a lot of unnecessary byproducts. That's that's the way you go. You don't just pay lips. Do you really think Donald Trump gives a flying F word about the coal industry? Really? You do know that training alone is not enough. You would have to find them all new jobs. 
Well, no shit. You you train them to do jobs, and then you get them placed in those jobs. Of course, that's a good, that's a role of government. You could do that. You could say over the next two years, we want to train, you know, whatever fifty thousand former coal workers to work in blah blah blah, and then we'll work out a deal with business the way that government's always talking about private partner, you know, a mm-hmm. private public uh, partnership. That's how you do it. Then you go you go to a you know an energy company and be like, look, we have a whole workforce of people here. Do they need to install solar panels? Do they need to do this? Go talk to Elon Musk about it. There's, there's ways to do it. You just have to be willing to do it. You don't just go, we're going to save the coal industry. Are you dummy? Save me. We're going to save it. I love those people. Oh, These yeah. He crazy. loves coal miners. You know how Donald Trump was always talking about fucking coal miners before this week? Yeah, of course. Great people. We're going to cancel the Paris Climate Agreement and stop. Why would you do that? Because it's not real. It's a waste of time. Here we go. Unbelievable. Yeah, it is unbelievable. And stop Can all, all these countries be that wrong? United States. What? Can all these countries be that wrong? Wrong, you're saying? Yes. Yeah, they're shills. They're shills for the Chinese and the Russians or whatever. States tax dollars to UN global warming programs. Okay, great. So Donald Trump, um, against climate change proposals, doesn't want to send any money to the UN to fund any research about climate change. He's going to save the coal industry. And he also wants to move ahead on Keystone uh, XL pipeline, which again, not a huge job creator, maybe creates 40 permanent jobs. Um, and would, uh, is essentially a game changer and a game ender on climate change. So mm-hmm. that's, that's Donald Trump. Those are real policies. And that's the thing that you got to talk to people about. In part with the thing that we're about to get into, we'll we'll close the segment with this. But you got to talk to people and be like, you are being extremely and be calm about it. You don't have to get angry at them. You don't have to call them stupid. But you're being tricked by a guy who spent his entire life getting good at tricking people, mm-hmm. and he's selling you goods that don't exist, and he's giving you this narrative about making America great again when in reality. All of his ideas are extremely in line with the same conservative Republican ideology that's been going on in this country for 40 years. You're endangering us by voting for this guy. It's not a matter of vote against Hillary or I'm a Republican, so I support the party. You can't do it. This guy is not qualified to be the president of the United States. No matter what you think about Hillary Clinton, whether you agree with her at all, you don't like her, she can run the country. I believe that. I think I said that I believe that Ted Cruz can run the country. And if I didn't, I'm saying it now. He could. I don't like Ted Cruz. I don't trust Ted Cruz. But he wouldn't, in all likelihood, get us all killed. All right. Donald Uh, Trump might get us all killed. He's not prepared to do this. And it is dangerous. He's lying to you. He's not telling you the truth. You can't vote for Donald Trump. So that's the Samsonite's mission. Convince people. Don't vote for Donald Trump. All you right. don't have to vote for Hillary. You could vote for Gary Johnson. You could vote for anybody else. But do not, do not put your stamp of approval on Donald Trump because it's going to be a bad news situation if that guy becomes president. And it's dire. It's that serious. All right. I'm going to throw a name out there and I want you to tell me what you think. All right. I'm going back to what I said before about the David guy. I got his name. Okay. His name's David French. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of him? The guy from 30 Rock, Third Rock from the Sun? No. That's uh, French Stewart. Oh, thank you. Who is he, Joey? 
he could possibly be Bill Crystal's recruit or nominee for the for the I guess other option against Bill, Donald Bill Trump. Crystal, like the conservative yes. writer, like yes. the conservative quote thinker. Yes. Okay, I'm I'm listening. I mean, why? Wh- here's my, before you even get into it. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, Bill Crystal's got a guy that he's going to run. He's he's a prominent Republican that nobody listened to about Trump. So while now they're going to listen to him about this guy at the convention. Yeah. Okay. You, you these don't are see like, it happening. These are like blowhards. People like Crystal that they sit there, they pontificate about conservatism. They're willing to change their mantra any day that it suits them. And then when somebody like Donald Trump, who is the obviously what's going to come out of this type of like insane political climate, then they get there and then they, then they're appalled by him. But meanwhile, he's just a, a Frankenstein monster of your own creation just slowly over the years by never acknowledging that Obama can be right about anything, never, ever deviating from a traditional Republican orthodoxy. That's what you get. And now that now they're all appalled by it. And he's got this fourth party person that he's going to run. David French. Mm-hmm. Who's, so he, the, who, who's David French? The guy that they want to run. Oh, you um, didn't do any research about David French. No, I did not. Well, that would have been helpful, but okay. Yes. Well, we'll bring it up next week. Okay, do because, a profile be, on David Frank. Because I'm pretty sure he's going to be getting some playing time. I doubt it. But okay. you do some research about it. We'll give him a little play on the Mandatory Samson podcast. I want to wrap up with this. This is uh, some information came out about Donald Trump University testimonies um, that I want to get into because I think they're relevant because you listen to some of these statements these people make and you're like, oh, that's what he's doing now when he's running for president. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Ronald Schnackenberg which might be the one of the best. That's a good name. That's in the running. Uh, this she, uh, He worked at Trump University headquarters. This is what he had to say in his testimony in the lawsuit against Trump University. Okay. The company was, quote, engaging in misleading, fraudulent, and dishonest conduct. The primary goal of Trump University was not to educate students, but to, quote, make money as quickly as in, and as easily as possible. Quote, virtually all students, virtually all students who purchased the Trump University semester were dissatisfied with the program they purchased. And he was not aware, quote, of a single consumer who paid for a Trump University seminar program who went on to successfully invest in real estate based upon the techniques that were taught. Corinne Summer, who's a former Trump University events department manager, says, the university worked to, quote, lure consumers into the initial free course based upon the name and reputation of Donald Trump mm-hmm. and then try to upsell consumers to the next course using high-pressure sales tactics. That sounds exactly like what he's doing to become president. It's like, he's a name, he's successful, now I'm going to pressure you into voting for me by, by lying to you about a number of different things. Right? And it's working. And it only works for so long. Trump University staff regularly advise prospective students to, quote, max out their credit card to pay for the course and some instructors were trained to ask students at introductory seminars to, quote, call their credit card companies and raise their credit limits two, three, or four times. No, you got to pay for the class. Well, that's despicable. And that's just the character of the guy that we're talking about here. All right. Does this seem like a get-witch-quick scheme? Absolutely. Absolutely. And everyone's just falling for and it. And Trump's running a get-powerful-quick scheme right now. Mm. Uh, judge Gonzalo Curiel, who's the judge like overseeing this case, released the Trump University playbooks, which instructed staff to sell courses costing up to $34,995. The reason the judge wanted this information released is because he says, Donald Trump's the Republican frontrunner. It's in the public interest. 
Yes, it is. And it certainly is, right? I mean, is this a smear campaign against Trump? No, this is, this is valuable information. It shows you how the guy operates. Yeah, it does. All right. Uh, that's what I got for the main part of the program. Let's do an email from a hat, and then we'll wrap up the show. Does that sound good? Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll do our little outro first, and then we'll just close up with the email. Guys, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud.com slash Mandatory Samson. We put up all the full episode videos there. Uh, we are on YouTube, YouTube.com slash Mandatory Samson. I'm not going to be doing the videos for a while. Boo. We're going to be doing clips. Evan's going to be pulling clips from the show that will be going up. They'll be like a little bit longer than what had been going up. But the video, I got honest to God, guys, like I'll be, t- I'll talk about it a little bit more as we go along, but I got another thing that I'm working on. That's going to be like time consuming. Being able to cut like one little thing out of the day is good. And cutting the video part out is going to be something that I'm going to do. The audio will keep going up and everything. And all the old episodes will still be on YouTube and, I'll let you know if we start streaming again or something like that. But you can also email us at mandatorysamson at gmail.com. You can go to Twitter. I'm at Mansamp. Joey's at Joey from Jersey. Jersey is spelled with a Z. I'm also Mansamp on Snapchat and Instagram. Joey is Joey from Jersey with a Z on Snapchat as well. Um, Evan, thank you for bringing over the hat. We appreciate it. Uh, Joey, would you like to pull from the hat? We only have two emails this yes, week uh, left in the, uh, you know, whatever, the kitty, whatever you want to call it. So let's pull one out and let's see what we got. And the number is one. One. Was that the same last week? Yes, I believe it was. There's an email from David. He says, hey, Chris and Joey, I'll keep this short and sweet while I take a break between political stuff at my campaign internship. Ooh, very nice. I'm sure you guys have heard about Mark Cuban mentioning he would consider being Hillary's VP. Personally, if I'm Hillary, I go with it. He's everything people love about Donald Trump without being what people hate about Donald Trump. He's a self-made billionaire. He's not a politician. He's blunt, well-spoken, but also can speak to the everyman. As a businessman, he can tell call Trump out on his bullshit in a proper manner, whereas Hillary needs to hold back and keep it clean. Finally, he's energetic and is very popular with young people, especially business-minded minded moderate Republicans. With the current election all conventional wisdom about choosing someone from a swing state or a minority can be thrown out the window. Cuban can be a great pick. What do you guys think? Your loyal listener, David, great question, David, Joey thoughts about Mark Cuban. I don't see it happening. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen either. Let's pretend in a, in some political realm that Mark Cuban's a viable app. Like Hillary wouldn't do it. There's no reason Mm -hmm. to do it. It's sort of a, it's sort of a hail Mary pick for no reason, but I understand the logic behind the question. What do you think about it? It's just all things being equal. You you could pick Cuban. She can pick whoever. You think it's a good good idea to counter Trump? No, because oh, okay. I think Trump is going to pick someone to do the same thing. So it's just going to end up like nullifying each other out. I don't know. It's going to be See, because Trump is going to be that businessman who's going to pick that political leader that's going to give him a state that everyone agrees with. Which is going to nullify Hillary, and then they just right. Nullify Trump each other. needs to pick somebody that's going to cancel, not cancel out Hillary, but can comp- counter Hillary. Yes, and Hillary needs to pick somebody that can sort of hang tough and and yell at Trump. I don't think she needs to. I mean, Joey, she's but that but why why don't you think that? Because Trump's a crazy man on a stump. But what do you mean? But he's going to get like forty nine percent of the vote, probably. No matter what happens, he's probably going to get like forty eight percent of the vote. He shouldn't be getting that. Yeah, but he is. So, and you told everybody not to vote. So, I think we're going to be pretty good on that. Yeah. Well, that I mean that. I mean, people really have to just 
don't let people vote for Trump. That's all. It doesn't have to be about Hillary, but just do not let people vote for Trump. Um, all right, whatever. We got off the track there. We could talk about the VPs and how that's mm-hmm. all going to shake out. I like the idea. I mean, I think Mark Cuban is a likable guy. It'd be interesting to see him hanging out with Hillary. It'd just be fun. It'd be really interesting to see him hanging out with Bill. So I'd like to see that go down. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting question. I don't think it's politically possible. You know, it's not a viable choice as things are currently situated. But yeah, it's an interesting question. I like certainly like Mark Cuban a lot more than I like Donald Trump. And I was reading a bunch of shit about Trump's finances and how he overinflates stuff. It says he has more cash on hand than he does. Mm-hmm. And that was Mark Cuban right from the beginning saying stuff like that. We talked about it on an episode that is a true. long time ago. Um, so yeah, interesting thought. Not going to happen, but I'd get on board with it if she wanted to pick Cuban. Sure. I like the guy. See, I, I don't think a businessman is what we need in this country. Well, yeah. I mean, what do you think we need? A crazy socialist. Yeah. <laughs> totally agree with you. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. I, I, But I think there's a lot of people that conflate personal business success with being able to run the country. Which, but that doesn't always translate. Well, because this isn't a business. It's just fundamentally the, the difference of opinion, I think, um, between, you know, whatever people, these corporatist type of people and, and everybody else, the government doesn't need to make money. It needs to pay for goods and services for the people it represents. But you have to make and money so to is, do that though. Well, you do, you have taxes. That's how it works. And then you pay back the people that paid you the taxes in goods and protection and services. That's how, that's the whole idea. It's not a business though. We don't have to turn a profit that, but I think a lot of people do look at it as, Profit is the only motivation, and that's why they're they're supporting the businessman. In any event, mm-hmm. I think we're done, Joey. Nice. Good episode? Great episode. All right. Very good. Uh, listen, guys, we love you so much. We appreciate you listening. Numbers are going up. We love that. I love that more people are getting involved with the program. Uh, you know where to get in touch with us. You know when we're going to be back. It'll be next Thursday. Actually, incorrect. Next, <laughs> next Friday. Friday. But you know what I mean. Thursday at midnight, early hours of Friday morning. Come check us out. We'll talk to you then. This has been a Stand Up Labs production powered by digital media. Subscribe to new and archive episodes wherever you listen to podcasts and find all of our shows at standuplabs.nyc. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Yeah. Yeah.